You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Staff, and I have a guest here with me today whose work I love, so I'm really excited to chat, but I'm going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves and tell you a little bit about like where you can find her online and the everything that she's done <laughs> up till now. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so for those of you who don't know, my name is Julia Helena Haddis, and I am the author of Witchcraft Cocktails, as well as Moon Magic Mixology. And these were really born from my time as a professional in both the alcohol, beverage, craft spirits world, as well as a professional witch. And so I like to feature, you know, regular magical recipes on my blog, Witchcraft Cocktails, and, and the books, um, you know, on how to attune to like the moon in Virgo or, you know, different seasonal libations. Um, and so I do that through Witchcraft Cocktails, but also most recently, I my new book is The Modern Witchcraft Book of Astrology which comes more so from obviously astrology, but also my background as an energy worker and kind of how can we attune to the stars to heal and also manifest in our lives to benefit things. So um, yeah, you can learn more about me either at juliahelenahaddis.com or if you love the idea of delicious drinks, which craftcocktails.com would be the place to go. I am very excited to chat with you. First of all, I have shared witchcraft cocktails like so many times because I love like the, everything you share is delicious. Like first of all, oh, wow. I didn't even know that you were aware of that work. So oh, yeah. oh yes. I have, I have shared that before. Um, it has been linked in my favorites on my Amazon storefront wow. page and we've talked about it on Patreon in the Patreon community before. Oh my about, like, God. Making I'm stuff so honored. Your... <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, it's a favorite. So super excited to chat, but I know Yay. that you also, um, I mean, as all authors do work with a publisher and yeah. your publisher originally reached out and was like, would you like to talk to Julia and read an advanced copy of her book? I was like, do you mean the, the astrology book that I'm on the wait list for already at my library? <laughs> yes. yes. <I> do. <laughs> oh my God. That's so exciting. I, I, I didn't know that. that. That's awesome. Yeah. I told her that too. She was laughing. I was like, I'm literally number one in line at the library, but like, because it wasn't released yet, I, I <laughs> have my hand here, but I was like, yes, yes. It signed me up. So it's so I love it. <laughs> so let's dive in then with the start of the beginning of how did you get started in witchcraft and specifically how did that sort of start melding your witchcraft and cocktail background together? Yeah. So how I got started in witchcraft, I mean, I feel like we're all, this is something I, I feel like maybe like a broken record. So I apologize. He's a boring answer. Uh, but I feel like, you know, we're all called to it at different times in our lives. And so for me, when I was really young, like I grew up in a Christian family and I didn't even know people practice things like witchcraft. So I was always kind of looking for it, you know, like it was like a piece of my soul. And then finally, um, you know, I, I came across witchcraft. I threw myself, you know, as a little teenager into all that I could learn and happened upon my local witchcraft store, took classes there. Um, and when I was old enough, picked up a job there working behind the counter. And so it was kind of like a really great space to start off, you know, um, as, as a growing witch. Obviously, I was a little familiar before I started working there. 
but it was a perfect place because we had, you know, an in-house astrologer. We had, you know, um, someone who did massage there. So the body, the physical, we had energy workers, tarot, med- uh, tarot readers, mediums, all of that. So just being surrounded by this plethora of different practices and approaches. And so part of that was like, you know, working behind the counter is we would put together the proprietary herb blends or prepare the oils for like fast luck or money. And so I was already familiar with the concept of, you know, we there's specific herbs or ingredients we want to use for specific intentions. So when I turned 21 and got into bartending immediately, and I was also in the Bay Area. In the Bay Area, for those who don't know, uh, California is a wonderful craft cocktail location, is steeped in history in the cocktail world, and has so many different craft um, liqueur companies, craft alcohol companies. And so immediately when I got into the bartending scene, I was like, well, why wouldn't I combine all of the, of course, edible, <laughs> the edible herbs that I would use, you know, in a money blend? Why wouldn't I use that in the money cocktail? I've got, you know, bitters I can use. I have liqueurs, you know, the base spirit, you know, what type of citrus to add, or, um, you know, you can make your own syrup, you know, it's so all these different ways that you can make a, a quite literally a potion. So, that's immediately when I got into bartending because I had that experience, it popped into my mind and I slowly started working on my blog and I eventually landed at a bar that let me do my own little weekend specials. So I bring in a reader from the shop that I was working at because I was, you know, doing energy workings, uh, energy work at that shop at that point. And then, you know, working as a bartender by night. So <laughs> a little bit of that duality. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, I would bring in a reader on the weekends at that bar and I would um, serve special cocktails for different events. You know, what's happening in the skies. There's specific astrological energy that's really uh, key right now. Or is it, you know, one of the holidays, like is it an equinox? So I would create these little cocktail specials for that um, energy based off of, you know, astrological figures based off of, you know, the energy of those herbal ingredients. And we have a reader. So built my blog and eventually, you know, a publisher reached out to me and was like, hey, we'd like you to write this book. And I was like, great, because I have been writing this book in my head for the last (laughs) several years. So I'm like ready. I've got, you know, recipes. (laughs) So yeah. I, I love that. And do not discount yourself or your story. I know you said you think you sound like a broken record and that everybody has that story, but literally nobody does. <laughs> nobody <laughs> that story that is completely unique. What a fun background and working in a witchy shop. Like that's, that's a great job. <laughs> really yeah, it, I love it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's still around. It's just only virtual now the pandemic shut it down. So um, the 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 physical shop, but they're they're uh, wonderful people, and they're still um, you know running the shop um, online. So yeah, I wish I could still be there in person though. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is that's really fun, and that's such a fun way to get into the cocktail aspect. Then again, and yeah, it, you know, really unique and make it your own. Yeah, and that's the thing too. It's that surprising, like when people hear about that, it's like, oh, okay. But when you actually dig into the history of the craft cocktail world, 
it's so steeped in magical practices or, you know, also depends like, you know, in, in green witch practices, right? So, you know, shrubs, um, which is basically, you know, vinegar and fresh ingredients and sugar. Um, that's, you know, what people would use to preserve the herbal aspects of, because um, they didn't have refrigerators, right? So like the local healer would create these kinds of things or even bitters, you know, um, has that same background of being a tonic to help with stomach maladies so every single part oh god I can go crazy like I always talk about this too but also spirits are called spirits for a reason and so many cultures tie alcohol to their spiritual and witchcraft practices and even like green chartreuse to this day is still made by monks in the French Alps. So they're just, it's so connected to the world of spirituality. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. Um, and so that's why they're called spirits is because the, the alcohol was always tied to spiritual and magical practices. It's just, you know, over time, went through the prohibition and all that stuff, we kind of like lost track of that. But when you dig into it, it's like, oh, this makes so much sense. That's fascinating to me because I love history so I love the history yes. of that and it's just it's always just something that like when you are working with spirits or ancestors that liquor of, of various kinds is a typical offering yeah and that really makes sense as to why that is when you start looking yeah. at the history of that yeah my family is Polish and you know the word yes. vodka comes from <laughs> uh you know comes from the term you know water of life you know that we say uh, water is voda in Polish is how I pronounce that. You can see here voda and vodka. So it's just, you know, vodka is definitely the um, offering of choice, unless of course I have, you know, special cocktail to serve them. So yeah. Yeah. My husband's family is Polish and German. So it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That must be fun. <laughs> That's a good combination. It's a good time. <laughs> yeah. So then from that book, how did you sort of launch into your other books like moon phases and then yes. astrology in general? Because I love both of those topics and I know that my listeners do as well because we're all yeah. astrology buffs and we're all like, oh, big three and like talking about like yes. Mercury's doing this. <laughs> so um, I would love to hear about how you journeyed into that aspect. Yeah. So it's always kind of evolving, you know, working with a publisher has definitely been like a learning experience because it's not something that people really know how it works until you get into it. So I was never really sure if I was going to have um, another book opportunity or or not. And luckily I have a book agent now. So, you know, I can focus on, you know, um, not worrying about that aspect of it. But um you know, so when I started Witchcraft Cocktails, I really wanted it to be wholesome and approachable from multiple angles, wherever someone came in their experience, whether they were a beginner witch, advanced witch, beginner mixologist, or advanced mixologist, there's really a plethora, um, especially if you're able to read some of the front matter, um, it creates kind of that foundation and, and is more flexible all around. But also on my blog, I focus on recipes for the various moons um, because I love connecting to just the meaning of the signs, you know, what they mean and what they can offer our lives or you know, different planetary energy. And also that includes the moon. And so it's a great opportunity for healing and also like manifestation and how to direct your focus on what aspect of your life. And so I feature recipes for those kinds of stuff on my website. And so 
um, you know, I was pitching a few ideas to my publisher. And so they were interested in a book on meme mixology. And so I will say at this book, um, I may maybe put a little bit too much <laughs> into it. Um, because I really, I wanted it to be like, whenever I research stuff about specific things, like I have millions of books that I reference. And so I wanted to kind of present thing, present something in an accessible way. So the front matter of moon mixology here, like it starts off with, um, we have obviously goes to the basics of alcohol and expands on different types of spirits that I wasn't able to get to in the first book. So I talk about sake specifically, what's the energy of, of that spirit. I dive a little more into certain types of bitters like Angostura um, and, and stuff like that. So expanding in that realm, but specifically how these spirits have to do with the moon because moon and alcohol is deeply tied like even when you think of like water and, and all alcohol has an alcohol percentage and the rest is water so it has that tune already of how the, the moon pulls with the gravity to create the cycle of the tides um, the moon balances the earth's um, axis because our axis is actually a slight wobble in orbit and so the moon helps balance that also possibly helps with the evolution of life on earth because of how it influenced the tides so it's so important when it comes to the moon like i think that liquid and water is a great way to do that and obviously moon water came from that that practice and so you know why not make a cocktail a cocktail is a symbol in itself you know something that you drink right like a potion it what you ingest your body breaks down and alcohol even more so, you know, it goes into your bloodstream, so it affects you a little faster, you know, oh, yeah. that can be so beneficial for, for energy, for like working with magic. And like, if you need a spell, it was always the dilemma for me is like, when I first started off as a witch, I had problems with confidence. And like the trick with doing a confidence spell is like, I need to feel confident in that moment. And it's really hard to do that, you know, but if you have like an aligned drink, with different herbs that have that energy to it. Um, it just can really inspire the mood or even just attune you to that energy. Um, you know, obviously we're done with intention. You know, you don't need to go wild unless, <laughs> you know, you want to <laughs> and, and have the space to do that. Um, so it's really a great way. And, and just to circle back, I'm like going in a circle here. <laughs> um, the moon and, and alcohol, there's lots of ancient practices where, alcohol was used to connect to ancient deities. And there's a lot of moon deities that alcohol would be used to connect with because it elevates our consciousness. It, you know, it alters our mind um, in some way. And so a lot of ancient spirituality practices would specifically use alcohol in these spiritual contexts to communicate with deity um, and, and for stuff like that. And so, especially with alcohol, it is the, the process of, transformation you know it uses all of the elements you have to have you know organic substance so herbs you know or grain and then you need to have moisture you know and air uh this time at least you know yeast would be introduced on accident so maybe wind or air would introduce that aspect you know and then you have to heat it up to have the yeast transform the sugars into alcohol so that's how and then it's a process of transformation and kind of like death and rebirth and 
the harvest is tied to the moon. And so a lot of people for that reason, because they would harvest in cycles with the moon um, and use the moon to guide their harvest practices, it, it was often associated with alcohol for that reason as well. So um, it's just natural when you throw in all those other ingredients and you look at what sign the moon is in and what ingredients are aligned with that energetically or astrologically. And you can have a delicious cocktail or non-alcoholic mocktail that aligns you to that energy to conspire your moon spell work, or you can use it as a little potion in itself. Yeah, and there's something that I wanted to point out that I love uh, about your work is that people can really take the information you share and tailor it to themselves if they don't particularly yeah. care for an ingredient. You are really good about sharing why that ingredient is being used, which I really appreciate because I am I'm picky. <laughs> I am picky when it comes to my alcohol. I'm a picky eater. Yes. So I really love that you share sort of like that, that background and why something is being included so people can make substitutions and eventually like learn how to craft something from start to finish all by themselves. Yeah. Do is like, you know, from the perspective of a bartender, if anyone listening has experience with the service industry <laughs> very well, how people have different preferences, you know? And so, um, you know, or might make substitutions in their dish. And so I never had a problem with that as a bartender. I always loved customizing things, or even if someone would come in and, and they were willing to try something other than a bot cranberry, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Um, I would make custom drinks for them on the spot based off of what they liked. And so I think that's an important thing in both witchcraft and in our flavor preferences is personalizing it because our life journeys are also different. And so the ability to, you know, understand why something's used, but also have accessibility to be like, okay, how can I make this work? for me, you know, if I don't like gin, could I use vodka or something else? Or so I, I love, I always try and make things flexible in, in that way. Yeah. Which I love doing too. I love, like you said, setting up sort of the spell and ritual, like starting with a cocktail to get into that mood. Yes. Just yes thinking about every ingredient before you put it in and then all mm -hmm. of a sudden like I'm in that headspace and then I, I mean just just one drink I don't need to yeah you know have a whole picture of it but just like one drink and I'm like <laughs> all those ingredients and then suddenly I'm in I'm in the mood so if I'm like not particularly yes. feeling like I know that I need to do a certain spell or ritual and I'm not really feeling it I'm like okay let's like refocus with a cocktail <laughs> Yeah, it totally like when you take the time to it's like, honestly, those drinks taste so much better. You know, I always feel like everyone's always like, wow, you know, when they're able to make a drink from that perspective of what energy they're putting in it. Um, it and also obviously you want to be aware of flavor, you know, if you don't like licorice, you probably don't want to use anisette or an anise liqueur, you know, but um, See, that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, it's that's part of it is um, custom making it and making it with intention and it like really can be the most delicious cocktails um, and just inspire like you tune into that energy when you're sipping it when you're making it and it just feels different you know it's a whole nother level and I feel like it adds a little bit of you know that that meaning and that spirituality back in into the origins of that practice yeah and I love incorporating all of the the history and I've I've found surprisingly because when I started drinking as you know a young 
not yet not yet 21 year old <laughs> I was like no basic is fine like literally mixed like, vodka cranberry it's fine like how yeah. you know how much different could it be if I added like all these other like ingredients like who cares it was just like the point was just to drink <laughs> yeah yeah um, but now that you know I'm like a grown up I find like it's really fun to incorporate all of those different things and it really does change the flavor I know people are like oh you know it, it's too many ingredients or like how big of a difference can this like half an ounce really make a big difference like let me tell you <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah exactly it. and it's just like a little bit extra effort goes a long way <laughs> yeah yeah it does and you know the other thing too is like you know a lot of times when I'm doing recipes like um, when people create I, sh- I can't speak for, for everyone obviously but I think for the majority of people that create recipes like there's a whole process that goes into to making sure, you know, that everything serves a purpose and, <laughs> and is balanced. And obviously, you know, if you like something that's sweeter, you can add more sweetness or you like something that's not sweet, you can remove some of the sugar, add more acid, whatever it is. But they people take a lot of time to make sure the recipes are, you know, w- mostly well balanced. Um, so, yeah. Switching over to your newest book, which is yeah. also, like I said, very exciting. I, 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 told your <laughs> I was like, I'm on, the, I'm on the wait list, but yes, I want to read it right now. Yeah. So <laughs> what, what can people expect from that one? Yeah. And so I, I will say like as a little segue, um, I feel like in a way this book is kind of like if a green kitchen witch wrote an astrology <laughs> book, because I was like, there's so many things like in witchcraft, like the, the, all the oils and it becomes kind of like for someone who's new, you may not have access to all those things. So I quite literally like tailored all of the ingredients to like spices, you know, that you're going to be able to find at your local store, like fresh herbs you have at your local grocery store. Um, or even like, instead of using conjure oils, because that would be a whole recipe someone has to learn to make in itself. And, and there is a sample in there of how to make a conjure oil with the Neptune, um, healing oil. But, uh, I, you know, like using olive oil or different types of oil, because those are made from what they're named after. So what, what energy is olive offer? But anyway, so that, that, uh, on the side of the spells, like I tried to make everything kitchen accessible, um, but yeah, I was really excited to to write this book because there's so many different wonderful astrological books out there. And I wanted to offer, uh, add something to the conversation. I never want to write something that's just repeating, um, you know, and I want to offer another way to do it. And so I start off kind of with the elements um, because the elements can be a wonderful point to connect your witchcraft practice to astrology um, on a conscious level because the the stars are impacting us whether or not you are connected to it it's kind of like the cycles of the earth while we're moving in the universe and how we perceive the stars is unique to our place in the universe and so everything's always moving and so it's um, attuning to that celestial energy becoming aware of it and so the elements are a great foundational point there is a different expression of each element um, like cardinal um sorry, uh, mutable, fixed energy. Um, And so all of that creates the signs. And so that becomes a way to understand the myth and energy of the signs and them as a constellation, not as a sun sign. 
per se? You know, what is the myth of Sagittarius? What does Sagittarius mean in um, astrology? What is the healing energy of that? Or what is um, the magical potential and connection of that? And then we go into the planets. Um, and I wanted to add a little bit extra because astrology is always expanding. There are always new things being added. Our knowledge of space is expanding. And so they're discovering new celestial bodies all the time, new asteroids. Um, and astrology adds interpretations to, to what those mean. And so it's kind of develops over thousands of years um, through observation as to what a certain new uh, or new celestial body means. So they're always adding, so there's things other than the planets. And so I include a couple of, you know, dwarf planet series. We have obviously um, Comet Chiron in there. So people can kind of get a little more familiar with those other things. And then these spells are organized through the zodiacal, zodiacal sign. Um, to die cold, sorry. <laughs> and so like we have Aries season, you know, we have um, all of the signs in there, but I didn't want it to just be like, you can only use those spells in that season. Really it's organized in that way. So let's say you want to work with Aries energy because Aries is cardinal fire. So you want to initiate a project um, or want to have a spark of passion or energy or vitality or life force, um, you can go in and use Aries spells, or even if it's the moon in Aries in the middle of Libra season, you can go in and pick spells, or if you want to work with Mars, if there's a special Mars transit. And so I thought, you know, if you wanted to work through the sun signs, the sun moving through the signs, it's organized that way that you can tune into the magic of the season of what kind of the focus is based on where the sun and the moon are going to be. But you can also access that section at any other given point in time. So it doesn't have to just be when the sun is in a sign. You can always access it if there's a special, you know, transit going through Aries. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm very excited for that because you touched on a lot of things, you know, including like minor celestial bodies and stuff that I haven't seen in a yeah. lot of works. And like, yes, there are a good amount of astrology books out there, but I think each which practices so differently that it makes the yes. information in there come across so differently. Um, so I love seeing like what other people do and how they work with yeah. different energies at like different times of year. And I'm the same way. Like if I want to work with Aries and Libra, I will do it. And I will base it on like the, <laughs> the moon changes like every two and a half days. Yes. Like it's super quick yeah, to like exactly. do something else to yeah. you know, tap into think, that. So I get it. Yeah. And I think like when you become just a little bit more familiar, obviously it takes time. Like there's so much astrology. It is a huge topic <laughs> yeah. and I will never master it. <laughs> yeah, it, there's always, it's always evolving. Um, but when you become a little more familiar with those little things, you know, it becomes opportunities to bring your focus to those areas of, of that life. And you can choose to use it from a healing perspective of, do I have a block? A blockage here and um you know maybe this isn't a great time to use energy for manifestation for this part of my life um so maybe i can do the inverse can remove a blockage that's preventing me from bringing something in you know or it's a really beneficial alignment and you can manifest it but also like when you get more familiar with that stuff you can find ways to be a lot more flexible if it's a day of the week a planetary hour um and another thing that i wanted to mention because uh, <laughs> honestly i did so 
so much for that. Like I did so much research for this book. It was so important to me that sure. yeah, it sure. was, it was, yeah. <laughs> I'm just a nerd about that stuff. <laughs> um, so anyway, you know, I wanted to put in some stuff about energy work and the energy centers in there. And so I connect each celestial body, each sign to specific energy centers and how you can use that for healing. If that's more the perspective someone wants to take at a given time. And so there's an energy alignment at the start of each, um, zodiacal season section of how you can attune to that element's expression and even how you can use that in your practice altogether. So cardinal fire for Aries, connecting to the symbolism of the spark. And anytime you light a spark for any of your candles, you can use that energy, you know? So all these little pieces and how it fits together to create a whole perspective. And so I also include um, a little bit of an energy alignment that uses that element's energy or that sign's element um, to attune to that cosmic energy, whether it's for healing purposes or whether it's just empower you before spell work. You know, if you wanna feel especially empowered to specific astrological energy to make even more powerful manifestation happen it's it's fun to do that through um, a little bit of some energy work so you would say which I already know the answer to this that all of your books are <laughs> are friendly for beginners yeah I mean I would I would say um it depends kind of I guess it's hard because I can't speak for other people <laughs> <laughs> but I would like to think so like definitely um the modern witchcraft book of astrology and witchcraft cocktails are great for beginners moon magic mixology has a lot of moon basics in there so if someone wants to get familiar with the moon it does go through the moon in each sign what the full moon in a sign means what a new moon in the sign means the different types of special moon phases or occasions so it has all that there is um in moon magic mixology, there is um, some a little more extra complicated stuff on the mixology side, um, but it's really just about sourcing ingredients. So like there is a, a butterfly pea flower syrup in there that changes color, oh, but you oh do God, need stuff. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And it's great. And it's also like great for the moon and transformation and also because violet flower, uh, or sorry, um, and also peas. <laughs> I misspoke. Pea flower is really associated with feminine energy, you know, and the the moon um, on on that level and the element of water. So specifically, if you kind of look at a pea flower, you'll probably figure out why it's associated with feminine energy, um, and more specifically in astrology, it's associated with Venus. And so it's just great for like working with feminine lunar energy for transforming, um, you know, but also for peace and spirituality. So I love butterfly pea flower for moon cocktails, but it is such a specific ingredient. So it's something yeah. that you have to, you know, be willing to, to source. Um, it also really has like, yeah, it is. It is. And oh my God, like there's so much stuff you can do with butterfly pea flower. Like you can make syrup. Like I said, you can put it into, you can infuse your alcohol with it, like your vodka or your gin and have a color changing alcohol. When you add acid, it changes from kind of like a deep blue violet indigo color to, you know, a more purple magenta pink color. Um, but you can also like make tea with it and freeze it to create butterfly pea flower ice cubes. So, I mean, there's just so many things, uh, definitely worth it. <laughs> oh yes. It's 
Absolutely my favorite because I always have it around Halloween and I always dress up as a witch when the kids come trick or treat <laughs> and my, my <laughs> husband's cousin's kids always come by and then I will make something. I mean, for them now, alcohol, I just use lemonade um, and make like the color <laughs> thing. And they're like, you're a witch. I'm like, I am a real witch. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Everyone always loves that stuff. So it's like, but somehow, even though it's, you know, it's, um, been out around forever like people still don't know about it It surprises me sometimes I know I I want everybody to know about it because it's (laughs) it's, beautiful when it changes color like that yeah well before we finish up and run out of time here I would love to ask you if you have any advice that you would like to offer the listeners um, whether they are beginners or looking to advance their practice this year what piece of advice would you like to give to them Oh God, (laughs) you know, I would say more on the beginner side. Okay. So my always perspective with witchcraft is so many people have hot takes, especially on the internet. Um, And the reality is, is that there's so many perspectives on different things. And so I think it's important to, to research always and learn about things from multiple angles, but also at the end of the day, be self-sourcing. And after you've gathered this information, what works best for you in your life? Because our lives are always changing. Things are going on. I just moved the first of this month. So this is especially present for me, you know, of like <laughs> when you're doing these things, you don't always have time to, to implement big new ideas. And so always asking what is a way that you can connect to this in a way that works for you and has meaning for you. So that would just be, you know, research and get familiar from multiple angles, but also at the end of the day, Go with what works best for you and your life. That is always great advice. I completely agree with that. You know, whether the yeah. astrology or cocktails or <laughs> whatever it is, <laughs> there's, there's an aspect of, you know, your personality that you have to put into the work yes. to really yes. just make it your own and find what works for you. Like you said, I hate licorice. I am never going <laughs> to make a cocktail um, that has anise in it. It's just not going to happen. Um, but for that exact reason, I know that. So like, I will find things to like substitute. So yeah, you really just have to make it your own. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the beauty of life. We all have such unique experiences and being able to acknowledge that and also share those experiences with other people. Mm-hmm. Julia, thank you so much for being here today and chatting all about your books and your history. Listeners, I will have everything linked as usual in the show notes over at witchwednesdays.com so you can check everything out. And very much congratulations to you on your third book. That's very exciting. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And listeners, that's everything that I have for this week. I will see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market need even more subscribe to patreon and youtube for exclusive bonus content order a themed witchcraft box every month through witch wednesdays on etsy be sure to follow on instagram at witch wednesdays podcast find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.